0: Hey Tales of Glory fans, welcome back, and we thank you for your listenership. Tonight we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna speak completely off the cuff tonight. Um we've been covering things like the way of the warrior, we've covered Teresa Avila. we've covered exorcisms, we call all sorts of stuff, right? And tonight I kinda wanna tie some things together. That we've been talking about what is the way of the warrior, how do we progress into special ministry? You know, and how do we get started in all this stuff? There's so many misconceptions, right? We have like um we have these charismatics telling us to go sharpen our irons in the second heaven, which is wrong. You now, well, if we're praying, how do we get started in this ministry? Where's a good place to start? Well, the best place to start any sort of ministry anywhere, if you're just starting out, is go be a street minister and minister to the homeless. That's right. All my spiritual warfare ministry um, came out of homeless ministry. I was um, managing the night strike ministry for probably like six years. I had taken over from Bob Johnson and Mark Knights from Bethel Church. They both moved on to do the different uh, missions trips and ministries they were doing. But, you know, for years before that, I was just a part of the Night Strike team when I was Night Strike leader. it went out in um, in the streets with other churches and groups and we just went and ministered to the homeless. The one thing I noticed about going out on those Friday nights, we went to the deepest, darkest streets in San Francisco. We were in a Tenderloin. You know, places where just the police are saying, hey, you shouldn't go there. And that's where we went. That's where we're at. And there was some dark stuff going on there. And that's how we learned how to deal with the supernatural. And that's what we learned about healing. And that's where we saw all sorts of different stuff going on. You go somewhere dark and you evangelize. You bring in God. You bring in God encounters. You're going to see the supernatural. You don't see it in the comfort of the four walls of your church saying, oh, God, make us a deliverance church. Oh, God, we're begging you to become a healing church. You know what? You've got to get up off your fanny you've got to get outside the four walls of church and you've got to go to where the sick are and so i saw a lot of the supernatural i saw a lot of healing crazy stuff going on when i was doing homeless ministry Um, i've seen stuff like bones heal you know i've seen people with hiv who are prayed over and miraculously healed i knew one individual who was healed from hiv and he's still on state disability because state disability wouldn't count praying over a person and healing them they were healed and in the states that they're healed as a form of being completely healed because somebody prayed over them, right so we've seen crazy stuff like that um, so yeah so you don't go into deliverance ministry by going out and doing paranormal stuff that's how you get yourself really separated from God get yourself into dark stuff and get yourself in trouble so if you're praying you want to get into supernatural ministry you don't have to go off the school supernatural ministry right forget that it's a waste of time and money it is sorry it is what it is it makes churches money and many people I see come out of it don't actually go into anything significant They usually just go on life and get a degree and do something else so if you want to move into supernatural ministry I suggest you go out and start doing homeless ministry it's the best place to start um, how do you start homeless ministry identify a place in your hometown or identify a place in your city where you have the homeless if you live near a city, you know, go in during the day and um, you know, scout out some places. Have the Holy Spirit lead you to places. Listen to God and say, "Hey, this is the place we feel we should start." And then get your team together after you you know, scouted it out during the day, and maybe go back at nighttime or something when the people are active. You know, why do we go at nighttime? Because there's a lot of drug addicts out there. They're lethargic during the day; they won't listen to you. But during nighttime, they're active, right? They're up and about. And that's number one. Hey, we know they're addicts. So, what we're going to do is when you, our objective is with the homeless ministry, is to go out and give them God encounters. You're going to work on hearing from God. You're going to work on giving prophetic ministry, like giving prophetic words. It's not going to be churchies, right? Like, I hear the Lord puts a mantle on you that you're going to be a great worship leader. But nope, that's not what you tell the homeless. God's going to have a message for him. You tune in, and hear what it is. You're not going to tell them, like, God's oh, going to heal your addiction. Well, duh. Yeah, God is going to. That's another no-no, right? What you're gonna do is listen to God and sometimes he tells very intimate things. Sometimes I get intimate stories and intimate details about the family life or why they left and intimate details about people in their family who are searching for them and I give them that. Those are God encounters, you know? Somehow God just crashes down and reaches the homeless and this is how we work with them. That's number one. So number two is bring supplies out for them. You know, um, just don't bring them peanut butter sandwiches, right? They're, they're already eating horrible stuff. They get stuff from food banks. Other churches are bringing them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I used to bring out tuna sandwiches. It took me a long time to make it. i go to Walmart and buy a bunch of cans of tuna, mix this big bowl up and a couple of loaves that are their, you know, their bread. And just give them this awesome tuna fish sandwiches that they, you know, give them protein, gives them something healthy, you know? Um, and buy something else healthy to go with it and and some little bottles of water. That's always something imperative. Um, we're not out there to feed the homeless. Get this straight. A lot of churches I took out in street ministry, they just handed out the food, walked back, and said, hey, we're all done. How can you possibly be all done? You'll be gone for 15 minutes. We handed out all the food. Wrong. No. Yes, you're supposed to hand out food, but the objective was to build some sort of relationship with the individual you're ministering to. Sit with them. Talk with them for a while. Hang with them like 5, 10, 15 minutes or longer. Maybe you have a breakthrough, and you're talking with them about this and that, and they're just talking to you. That's the goal of homeless ministry. You sit down, you talk with them, and they know you're Christian. And after a while, as you build up confidence with them, they kind of like you and go, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm out here and this, this food's from Jesus. Is it okay if I pray over you? I'll pray for you. And they'll probably say yes. You know, you've got to build that relationship first. So the first objective is, like it says, to bring socks. Because they get this, um, like, what they use it's called? Uh, this boot fungus that... Um, would develop, you know. So that's why you give them clean socks, because that water and the, the wet socks develops that like call it a uh, foot boot or boot foot. I can't remember what it's called now. Something that soldiers used to get in Vietnam. And so it's it's give them clean socks. It helps it for hygiene. Bring the food, and the goal isn't just to hand it out. The goal is to make it an opener, an opener for dialogue for these people, right? And you don't have to go all off Todd White on them, like you know. But it's nice if you're that level, do it. But if you're just, you know, you're just getting started, just talk with them. Have a conversation. And they'll start figuring out, and they'll figure out you're a Christian. They'll ask you, hey, what church are you from? Have a dialogue about that too. Hey, we're from this church, that church. And 80% of the time, these guys are Christian too. They're going to talk back to you. So don't feel you have to save them, right? You just feel you're there to listen to them, talk to them. And then as God speaks to you, then give the encounter. Um, you may or may not get a word for them. That's okay. You don't have to. Many times just the encounter is not speak with them, Right? if you get something or something that that's just you know that god wants to speak to him through you, know, you get better at this it takes time um after i went you know, years of this it just meant i got in the streets and i saw somebody word just started coming in right it just took time to build up to that my first nights in the street weren't always like that so goal number one if you're going to doing spiritual warfare a healing ministry get it outside the church get it outside the four walls of the church and just you know go to the homeless it's like you know father when was i hungry Father, when would I need clothing? When was I not fed? You know, when was I not clothed? We know this, right? It's it's the homeless. Many times we saw in the most drastic situations we're out in the rain and the cold is when we saw the really the Holy Spirit Watch him just go crazy, right, with the miracles and stuff. So when we were out there and the church didn't want to be out there is when we saw stuff. So my recommendation for spiritual warfare, you know, 101, healing 101, is start a small homeless team. Do not go by yourself. Rule number one. Um And if you're experiencing any inner healing like you have dissociative identity disorder, I do not recommend doing the homeless ministry right away. Get yourself healed first, right? Because you'll see stuff that will trigger you. So um, some people I took out who were healed farther down the road were able to do this. But if you you have dissociative identity disorder, this is not the, the roadmap for you. Um, just get yourself healed first. Um, but yeah, that's that's start number one. you will see the supernatural in the streets. That's where I got trained for spiritual warfare. I was in San Francisco in some of the darkest streets. I came up against Satanism. I came up against Satanic angels. I came up against demonic, possessed, you know, and people needed deliverance. We saw it all there in the homeless and the people on the streets. Some people weren't even homeless we delivered. We were just walking by and people would manifest, right? Your ministry starts going. It starts walking in power. So that's one of the things I suggest too. If you're going to go somewhere, be consistent. Like go every Friday night or go every Saturday night. But be consistent. You know, don't skip any weeks because you, you're you consistently on that street. You start gaining a foothold spiritually over what's going on. Do not confront the regional spirit. Let the Holy Spirit bring you into this, right? You don't have intercessor saying, oh, I'm buying the regional spirits. No, that's going to bring a fight you don't want. You go in as ambassadors. You go in as Jonah, right? Maybe you don't want to go to that place, but God's saying, hey, why did you go in here and talk to these people? Go talk to them. After a while, you'll see like the people start welcoming you. Um, I recommend if you're bringing food in, always bring in like plastic white bags or plastic Safeway bags. Let people see you have bags with food in it. Because that will also clue in some of the gang members on the street to give you protection. Another bonus there, huh? Um, After a while, the gangs get what you're doing and they will give you protection on the streets if something should go wrong and they keep an eye on you. That's something else I learned from the San Francisco street ministry. Even though it was a bad spot, I had the Holy Spirit protecting me, which is a bonus plus. I really did not need anything else. But if something did break out, and we had people. Some sort of weird prejudice spirit came against us on the streets. The gang stepped in. You know, usually times I had to tell the gang members, "It's okay. They could say this is all right." And they go, "No, it's not all right. You're people of God. It's not all right." But you know, after we, we calmed down the situation, it was good to see that if there was a situation that there was people, you know, of the the, the same color that would step in and protect us. So it's it's just good to make friends everybody on the streets. Um, the streets can be dangerous. I know a lot of churches came in after Night Strike conquered the area. I mean conquered as we spiritually conquered that. When we were first on the streets early on, we did have, you know, some fist fight encounters. We had to defend ourselves. So have something big and burly, somebody with you who doesn't mind fighting or, you know, pushing somebody off, right? It can happen. Just pray against it. It didn't happen a lot, but we did have some brawls where we had to, you know, get our way out of it. It's street ministry. It is what it is. You're going to see all sorts of stuff. So I hope that doesn't scare you off, but, you know, just have the Holy Spirit lead you to where you guys are, are comfortable, yet out of your comfort zone, if that makes sense. Um, I'd make, bring a small worship team with you, right? If you're going somewhere in a city, somebody guy off their guitar and a worship leader, right? I used to stand by and protect him because the demons would come. You're <laughs> in San Francisco? Oh, the worship leaders just riled up the demons in that city, and those things, guys would just start coming in. So I used to, uh, my very first job actually for Night Strike. For I was a leader. I remember my very first day one job was the bodyguard for the the, um, the pastor speaking and for the uh, the ministry team. You know to, to keep the the demons off them. Boy, they came when the, the music started playing, the worship started, and the, the, the pastor started preaching. The demons showed up. Man, it was crazy. So, yeah, like I'm saying, you're going, "Wow, Mike, this sounds sort of all weird." But what am I telling you? I'm telling you if. You can't sit there in church and pray for, I want to be a deliverance minister. I've been to this conference and that conference. Well, that's great, but where's it getting you? Nowhere. You read this book and that book. Where's it getting you? Nowhere. I recommend you be the arms and feet of the church. And that's where we saw in the Gospels that the Jesus moves, Jesus is out healing, Jesus is out delivering, the Holy Spirit is moving, the Father is encountering his people, right? It's on the streets. So maybe it's just a small thing in your town. Maybe you got to go downtown. And you have a few homeless there. Start there. But you have to be consistent and just conquer that place. That's when you start seeing the, the supernatural, right? Nighttime. Get outside the church. So it doesn't have to be anything big, but I do recommend you have a few numbers, at least four people, right, to start this thing. And just be out in the streets. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's cool. And that's that's where you start your ministry. That's ground zero. So you don't have to be waiting by the phone like the Maytag man. When's the demon going to call? You know, I'm going to get this stuff set up so I can do deliverance. You know, what's just going on? It's not. You have to get out there where God wants to teach you. The Holy Spirit's your teacher on the streets. Where do you think Todd White got started? He was on the streets too, right? Look at his street ministry. I know most of the people who started street ministry and stayed there for a while were moving in the supernatural. They didn't go to a school of supernatural ministry. They started in God's school on the streets, helping the poor, helping the sick. What do we do? We're supposed to go out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, you know, deliver from demons, and share the gospel. And that's where you do it. That's where you, you uh, you know, you start getting training on this stuff. All the above. And you get training the prophetic out there, too. That's where it gets done. Not at workshops. Um, Yeah, so I just recommend He likes people who are raw, too, haven't had done this yet. I was raw. I didn't know anything about deliverance. I didn't know anything about prophetic ministry. I was out in the streets, man and uh, watching other people and learning how to do it god trained me there he gave me the grace and he gave me the place to to, um, learn prophetic ministry learn hear god there that's it was all about because you're helping other people it's not about giving a word for somebody inside the church that's not what it's about he gives you prophetic ministry to get out there and build the church that means you're building people outside who are not saved yet you got to heal the sick go out where the sick are the homeless right If you're in california and you can't find homeless where are you living they're all over the place. This place is so messed up economic wise and government wise. We have homeless everywhere. And I think there's homeless a lot around people in different states of the country here. You can go find them. Um, I was on vacation. I was on Maui. And there was, a, you know, sure enough, there was homeless out there too. So get out there. Get out there and minister to these people. You know, like I said, just, just pray up beforehand. You know, have your team pray together. Pray for Holy Spirit encounters, pray for divine encounters and pray for protection on the streets, and then go out there. See who you find. Like I said, the whole thing is about developing encounters with God. You may just sit and talk with people, hear their life story, hear their story for the day, how'd their day go. A lot of times, talking to the homeless people because they feel invisible is the most powerful thing you do, more powerful than handing them food, right? That's the most powerful thing you can do for them. So it's it's just sitting down, talk with them, recognizing them, and that's what it is. And if there's something going on, a lot of times too, if they know you're spiritual, um, like I said, a lot of these people are already saved. They'll tell you, "Hey, the guy next to me has demons, right?" And you'll you'll be picking up on it too. And that's when you start delivering your dis- uh, delivering. Excuse me. That's when you start developing your discernment. Wow, I'm feeling something weird. I think this guy is right, you know. And so you can just start praying over the person and see if something manifests. They may tell you to go away. It's okay too. Don't feel rejected to tell you to go away. The person wasn't ready to be delivered. Sometimes I sat and spoke with people for years before I was able to deliver them because they developed a relationship with me and they felt safe, right? That's how you do it. Um, It was kind of like interesting being their pastor. It was crazy. Hey, there's there's Pastor Mike on the streets tonight. So it was kind of cool. Um, And there's places to go train up. It's, you know, it's different places. I know Pastor Evan in San Francisco always wants helpers to go um, help him out and feed the poor at nighttime too and do his ministry. There's there's places all over. Just, Just find who's doing it. And make sure it's a ministry that's not just handing out food. It's a ministry that goes out and prays for healing for the sick, casts out demons, and is out there to minister and evangelize those people, and just help provide support for those who are, are downtrodden. You know, the Christians. I they mean, they're out in the streets. Maybe you know, not by their own um, doing. It could be an addiction, or it could be they just don't have the money to afford rent, and so they're out in the streets. You know, just just listen to the story and listen to where they're at, and give discernment from Jesus Word to lead from there. Now, I encountered the supernatural a lot. Like I said, I was out for years, you know, and God just showed me stuff because I was diligent. I was consistently out in the streets with the homeless. Saw all sorts of crazy things. There's a lot of witchcraft, and there's a lot of Satanism in the streets of San Francisco. I saw some weird stuff with just witches alone, you know. I remember one of the weirdest things I saw was out one night over in the Mission District, and there was a guy who had his eyes blindfolded, a beanie over himself. He had this mirror hanging around his chest, and he was demonically seeing through scrawling through the mirror, walking down the street, and he sensed us coming. He flipped us off. It was funny. Didn't even see us. You know, he was blindfolded. He was using his demonic powers to, to walk through the streets with this mirror chain around his neck. And I believe he was some sort of slave demonically, but he didn't want to stop and talk with us. Otherwise, I would have. We tried praying and stuff, but he was just under whatever it was. And we've just seen other stuff too. I've seen, you know, I've seen, um, I was in the Haight-Ashbury. There used to be a lot of Satanism there. I don't think there's not so much now. I haven't been back there in a few years because God had me move on to more um, deeper um, spiritual warfare, occult battles that he had to move me out of the homeless ministry. I still love it. still my passion. But, you know, I just he had to move me to a different front after he trained me. But we did see a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot of kids out there trying to live the hippie lifestyle and, and hate Ashbury. So they still think that Summer are love, was a deception. I call them the lost boys. They're living a lie out there. A lot of them are into this um, witchcraft. You'll see it out there. I'll sit and talk with them. They'll tell me about their witchcraft, their witches, and you know stuff like that. And some are heavy into Satanism. and We've even prayed over a, a young Satanist girl a few years back who broke her ankle. The bone was broken. She broke it that day. Um, myself and uh, two team members were praying over her, two young women who were praying over her um, from our high school team, and the bone healed. She was able to get up and walk around on it. And even with that healing miracle, and it freaked her out. She goes, you know, she says, um, I hate to tell you guys, I know you guys are Christians. And you prayed for me. Thank you. But I'm a Satanist. So even if they get these healing miracles, it's not going to touch them right away. It's really crazy, right? They're into what they're into because the lie from Satan right now, this is all paths to eternal life, right? Yeah, there are. But um, 99% or 99 out of the 100 go to the Satan and the other one goes to Jesus, right? So it's um, they're under deception and lie. So, But that's where we learned um, spiritual warfare. I've had so many different things out there. Heavy Satanism, voodoo, I've dealt with it all out there. Uh, And their manifestations, I've dealt with demonically possessed people on the streets out there. And that is where I got trained up. During this time, too, after I wrote the field guide to spiritual warfare, people were calling me, like, Mike, I want to come train with you. Jesus says I have to come train with you. I'm like, oh, God, right? What? Are you sure you heard properly? So I'd respond back, like, well, you can come train with me. I do homeless ministry. I want you to come out with me and I'll you know come out consistently and you will be trained. Oh, I wasn't called to homeless ministry. I was called for deliverance. <laughs> You're going, what? What? Seriously. So, you know, that, that it is what it is. Unfortunately, I don't do the homeless ministry anymore. It was because was Jesus called me out of it. It was a huge life change for me. But he, I understand why he did it. And he put me into, like I said, a deeper ministry uh, dealing with the occult. So I don't do much homeless ministry anymore. But I strongly recommend for you newbies, don't listen to the charismatic stuff of sharpening your iron to second heaven. Don't go out there and battle, you know, against the satanic angels and stuff. What you do is you let the Holy Spirit train you um, in 101 basic ministry on the streets. Basic Luke 10:19 ministry where the 70 disciples go out, and go, Lord, Lord. Even the, the Spirit submits your name. You got to go out for simple discipleship, man, and learn it. Homeless ministry was an eye-opener for a lot of pastors. Many times they went out with me and they saw cr- crazy healings. That was their sermon that Sunday. That was just an eye-opener for them. Um, it's good to have a pastor for you if he's into um, healing the sick and stuff like that. Awesome. Great. But, you know, if he's, he's kind of on the fence line and stuff, too, you don't need the pastor there. Just, you know, maybe from your church something. Have his blessing and have that church covered as you guys go out and do homeless ministry. You know? Okay. Okay. So here's another thing. When I acquired Night Strike, it was under leadership. But as the leadership moved away, a lot of you church people follow people. You don't follow Jesus. and A lot of the funding, a lot of everything moved away with the ministry. And the leaders, they went off to do different things. Totally, it flatlined. I went from funded to nothing. Despite receiving nothing the ministry survived for another four years before i god told me i had to move on right you don't need funding you don't need money um it was the hardest thing i had to learn as a minister because suddenly i thought i was now the ceo is fundraising and that's the wrong approach as i was freaking out where did money need to come from god always miraculously made provision right um it just food money came in stuff came in to keep the homeless ministry running it was amazing i no longer had a a a food ministry truck like the original ministry had i no longer had a lot of stuff we were on foot it was volunteer only numbers reduced from about a hundred with the the original ministry running it down to about 10 to 15 consistent people and when it was down to the ministry of 10 consistent people we didn't have anything is when i believe we saw the most miracles because we were just out there on faith alone walking it we didn't need the stuff we need the money didn't need the backing in fact, a lot of churches were angling and squabbling over us because they didn't like some of the people in the former ministry. And that just shut down finances for me, even though I was longer involved. Even local ministries aren't involved in homeless. It's just, it's amazing how man can be misguided and just come against you in ministry. But we kept the homeless ministry alive without the money. What was amazing was a junior high school, would have a civics class in a, a town about 25 miles out from San Francisco about near where I lived, agreed to prepare food for the homeless. And these kids did it weekly. And they were it was their thing. And it was so awesome to take them out every often to Night Strike with me into the homeless ministry. And these kids just rocked it, right? I'm talking about public school. A public school is doing this. We're <laughs> going out, preparing the food, collecting items. These are junior high schoolers. Junior high schoolers. And this was a lifesaver for Night Strike. It's just God shows up in different ways. You don't need the money. You're not going to be a CEO of fundraising. Get that out of your mind. You're not going to be speaking at stadiums. You're not going to be speaking at conferences. It doesn't matter. Who you're going to be speaking to is that homeless person in front of you. That's who you share it with. That's who's important. That's who matters. And that's what these things look like. So what I discovered after a while was, with homeless ministry, because I was, through Jesus, meeting the needs of the homeless people on the streets, whether it was healing, healing, whether it was uh, spiritual warfare, anything Jesus wanted me to do, what the Father's will was, that became my supernatural covering, and it grew. and It became a supernatural covering that protected me against the regional dark spirits in San Francisco. And it became regional enough that when I moved out from underneath the homeless ministry, it stayed with me. It's a very large covering now that allowed me to have um, a covering against the occult. And most churches came out and offered me, Hey, Mike, we got covering. We understand you're a little guy and all this stuff. I go, No, I got covering. Well, that's impossible. I have a congregation of 400 people. You couldn't possibly have a covering. Well, you know what? I was the guy out there in the rain praying for healing during February nights while you guys were indoors having guest speakers on prophetic conferences, and your people wouldn't show up for night strikes it was outside and cold and rainy. That's how I got my covering, you know? So be very careful. It's just how you build up your ministry. You can only have only two or three people. It was just my wife and I about four other people for a while or two, right? We had a covering. We had a powerful covering. It's still there. And it's still one I'm allowed to use and come against the occult. Uh, because my heart's still there. I will still go out in a second. Right now, Jesus is, is um, diverted me from homeless ministry to deal with the occult. So, But yeah, there's, there's still times in my heart that I just want to go out and minister. God will. He'll release me back into it, but I follow His will right now. Fortunately... When God told me to step off the streets, there was another guy from Night Strike. He's actually a pastor at a local church out here who used to be at Night Strike. His family was one of the intercessors for it. And the, the month that God told me to step down, he shows up at Night Strike after a few years of not seeing him and goes, God told me I was supposed to be a part of this ministry and lead it. And I go, oh my God, Matt, you won't believe this. And so I was able to hand the baton over, right? So God orchestrates the whole thing. It's all under his covering. So this is how you learn to operate under God's anointing. The homeless ministry is your 101. It is the Holy Spirit out in the streets. This is where you get your PhD from the Master. Forget the school supernatural ministry. We had school supernatural ministry students out here. Yeah, it's great and all. They're well-versed. But when we got them out of what I call the zoo, when they're around the zoo and everybody agrees what they're doing, right? All the animals are tame. You get them out of the zoo into the wild, it's a different game. Um, homeless people can manifest. They can either tell them to, you know, take a hike or their drugs could, you know, get enraged at them. They get multiple identities, multiple personalities, get enraged and scream at them. Don't want them to pray for them. It's, you know, and you see when they come into the power of the Holy Spirit, I had people who had um, massively possessed or had multiple personalities that through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to come and talk with them. They walk with me and the people were like, how would you do that? And that's the Holy Spirit, man. This is, this is a different world. You're no longer in the zoo setting, right? Where the animals are tame. This is the wildlife. We're not swim- we're swimming with the sharks, and there's no cages. You know, these things bite. And they will tear your arm off. When they go berserk, they'll tear your arm off, man. These these it's true. Somebody on heroin can rip you apart. So it's just things to keep in mind, right? Don't doubt for any minute, like, oh hey, this is this total safe. No. I want you to get the idea of what you're out, what you're doing. That's why you go out during the daytime and scout out um, environments. Or perhaps even do this. Go ministry during the day and meet the people while they're tents and stuff. They see you. They'll be lethargic if they're drug users and talk with them. And come back that same night so you have established a relationship at nighttime. Go, oh, hey, weren't you guys just out here today? Yeah, it was us. So there's ways to establish this and, and move into this, right? Like I said, never get separated from other people. Always be vigilant. Be vigilant what's going on in the streets and always watch people, right? 360 degrees. And just you'll learn this, right? Even even today, as I minister and I work with people, we we do um, ministry stuff. I still have that three hundred sixty degree mindset that was just burned into me from the years and years of night strike. So it's just it's just things God's will show you. He's going to show you the way He's going to show you how to feed people. He's going to he's going to teach you prophetic ministry. I remember my wife and I we used to belong to these um, prophetic ministry groups that would go to the new age conferences, prophetically minister to them, and. My wife would always try to slow me down because I spent so much time getting words because I was in bad neighborhoods, right? I had to get a word quickly and then move on. That how quickly I was getting words inside the new age of ministry for some of these people we're ministering to. My wife would always say, well, slow down, wait for everybody else and then release your your word first or, you know, once everybody's ready because I would just pick it up. It's just how God trained me. Um, I'm not a seer. I'm not a healer. I'm not a deliverance minister. I'm a servant of God. I keep getting these emails because people know I did prophetic mystery. I hear you're a seer. Tell me what's going on. No, I get to do stuff under the anointing of God when I'm in His environment. It's not on all the time, and it happens in different ways. I remember my second night at Night Strike. I thought, you know, I'm only there for the, to deal with the demonic, and I had this um, old guy, old cantankerous guy, who was a Night Strike leader. I told him, Hey, I'm on the wrong team. This is a healing team. And he goes, Tonight you're a healer. You know. Um, some so you probably know what I'm talking about. You know? You're a healer tonight. That's how we talked. Uh, so I go, okay, uh, I guess I'm a healer. And that night, that was the night I learned to administer healing. I didn't know what the heck it was. I thought, you know, God only gave us one gift and mine was doing spiritual warfare. It wasn't. The ironic thing was, it threw me through such a, a tizzy and off guard when I was learning to heal that night. Um, when I got home that night, the next day, I received several calls from people. Almost from a good friend that goes, hey, do you want to do some healing prayer in some hospitals? I'm going, what? That's weird. You know, it just kicked it off. And then um, somebody else who uh, deal with some, uh, needed some inner healing, called me and goes, hey, you know anything about healing? I need some inner healing. It was just weird. Like, I've been in church for like 30 plus years since then, and nobody ever asked me to come pray for him for healing. All of a sudden, after that night, after um, you know, a friend, our night strike leader, you're he our healer tonight. It Kind of like it opened up in me, you know, time to go out and pray for healing. So I dove in full, full throttle on what to do for healing. It's going to be how God develops you and unpacks you with this, right? So, and that that's that's how this whole ministry evolves, guys. You've got to get out there. You've got to be the hands and feet of God. And many times your church won't join you. They won't. They're going to find reasons not to join you. Even though I had a powerful homeless ministry sitting in this one church, I I couldn't pry them from the pews. Um, we even went as far as to have Todd White come for his... Um, Um, love and power um, session about how to minister to people and I was a sponsor of it at that church and we got one whole volunteer out of probably about 600 people who attended so I'm telling you you know, people want to come hear Todd White people want to get wowed, want to hear the word for themselves but they don't want to get off the pew and do stuff for themselves these are the same people that come to me going help me, deliver me, deliver me or teach me to be a deliverance minister but I don't want to go out in the streets is the light bulb going on yet guys is it going on? God's going to teach you how to do things. God's going to teach you, you know, how do you how do you interact with the homeless people? How do you minister to people? How do you get a word from, a word from God? He's not going to let you down there. He's, he's going to teach you. Um, this is the place to do it. So I highly recommend if you're thinking, oh, I got to go join a paranormal team. Do not do that. No, do not, do not, do not. Or I'm just going to um, blindly advertise on my church team. I'm, I'm a deliverance minister. Don't do that either. You're a servant of God and as you build up and God trains you he's gonna bring the jobs to you I literally have my plate full with ministry with jobs I don't advertise for I even took off my email lists off my um, my email addresses off of my websites because I was overloaded well that too and the occult found me and <laughs> they were overloading me with with false cases and so I pulled it but even pulled Um uh, I'm in connection with ministers right now that I get cases that are real and relevant and need my attention. So I don't advertise and I get cases anyway. So that's just a heads up too, that if you're involved in homeless ministry, you'll always get stuff. It'll always blow your mind. You always get some crazy stuff. It'll rock your world. Um, and if you don't get volunteers in your church, it is what it is. So I, I recommend start there. That's how you start and get the ministry. There won't be money. It's not going to be that way. Occasion, God will throw you some 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 nuggets and stuff too, right? To keep your ministry going, there are there are requirements that are funding, and there are things that you as you grow, He will provide for. Again, you're not out to be a conference speaker. You're out to meet the one, right? You're leaving the ninety nine to find the one, right? Leave that church, walk out of the walls of church. You're to be Christ's hands and feet. You're to be His mouth. You're to be His mind. You're to administer the homeless, the sick. And many times, too, when you're on the streets, it's not just the homeless and sick. You'll get a word for people. I don't know how many times our team got words for tourists, right? We're in San Francisco. We're walking out by City Hall and we see people. And all of a sudden, one of our team members says, stop, wait. That person was highlighted to me. And go back and talk with them. And we will. And it's crazy. A lot of people who are tourists out there, all of a sudden just crying, bawling. So they got a significant word from God. And all the words are delivered out of humility. Like, look, like, how you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. Good to meet you, but the reason I'm talking to you is um, we're out here on the streets, we're ministering to people, we're followers of Jesus, and I believe I heard something from Jesus that I want to tell you. Okay, it's not so saith the Lord; that's not true, right? Some of this stuff's fallible. So I think I heard a word from Jesus that I want to share with you. It's all good. It's all good. You just know, talk to people, and man, it's just crazy. And a lot of times people go, "Oh my God, we were just talking about that." Or, "Oh my God, in the plane, you mentioned this problem. How did how'd you guys know? We're talking to Jesus, right?" And so it's impactful so yeah it's just crazy um we did all sorts of stuff right as the lord led us later on we walked into bars we ministered in bars in fact we found out we had grandmas who wanted to come out the night strike they couldn't walk so what did we do we took them with some flash money we took them into bars that we knew were safe and let them minister and oh my god grandma's ripped apart bars in good ways it was crazy they loved it you know so there's just if you bring a grandma with you Oh my God, it's just you have a foot in, right? And just make it safe for them. Or sometimes too, if they couldn't walk, we sat them down in the city plaza. You know, we brought the homeless to them to talk and they always stop to talk to the old grandma. They wanted grandma's love. So it's amazing. This is a ministry for all ages, right? All ages. Even if, they, even if they're immobile, they will walk or just sit them somewhere and bring people to them. Say, hey, I got this lady I want you to meet. And the grandmas will just go straight to the heart, man. Amazing, amazing stuff. So I want you to see how easy this can be. It doesn't need any funding. You need your sandwiches. I recommend tuna fish. Got to bring peanut butter. That's fine. You know, whatever. Bring socks. You don't need to bring the sandwiches, but bring the socks. But, you know, food gets you in. Tuna fish gets you in. And little bottles of water. Those little eight-ounce bottles of water. You buy a bunch of those at Walmart. You know, just do your Walmart shopping beforehand and bring that stuff in. I used to buy the bags of socks of 10 for $10. Um, And that's why I used to get, like, all the time. Um, sometimes too, once you get going, ask people like at school or something, if you have a sock drive. Raise socks, jackets. People have old jackets. Um, ask for jackets, old blankets, things like that. See how easy this is? We're not going for money. We're going for simplicity. You know, what, what's in your house? Bibles. Bibles too. You've got Bibles. What's in your house that's laying around that you can give to a homeless person? All right? Um, it is what it is. Or maybe you might prophetically bring something out of your house. Jesus tells you to bring it we had one night my friend with adrian powell she was hauling around these um yarns and like knitting needles we couldn't figure out what the heck this was about we were laughing because the yarn kept falling off the her cart we had shopping carts right we looked like the homeless hysterical because we had shopping carts um the type you get the grocery stores load up and you haul your groceries home in um you buy them there for like 20 bucks and we had these loaded up with supplies blankets food and all this stuff But we had this yarn in her her cart that kept falling out. (laughs) So we were laughing like, why the heck did you bring those, Adrian? She goes, I don't know. I was supposed to bring them. The very last um, person we encountered, if we were going home, we had these little yarn down there. And that was like the only thing we didn't give out yet. We see this young woman, age 20 or something, sitting in the grass. She's homeless. And Adrian's talking with her. And I was looking at her and I go, you look like you're a person that just um, is involved in art somehow. Like You work with your hands. (laughs) And it just came it wasn't because about the yarn thing. We gave up on the yarn. And she goes, Yeah, I do um, knitting. And Adrian looks at me and goes, No way. Because Adrian brought out the yarn and stuff, the knitting needles. And there we go. That was the person I was supposed to go to and it opened up the conversation with her. So I want you to see the magnitude on how this ministry is all over the place. It's just about encountering the people. If there's a demonic there, I know I was working with one young lady, there was you know, who's on the streets a lot. She was PTSD, but the demons were there. Several times she'd either growl at me or she'd get triggered with PTSD. Keep that in mind, right? There's demonic and there's inner healing, PTSD. So sometimes it was PTSD. She didn't want to be around men. because I think she went to Iraq or something. I think she was a soldier. And so one time she growled at me and I just pulled out the sandwich. I go, hey, I don't care what's inside you, but right now Jesus wants her to have the sandwich. And the demon subsided inside her and she looked up at me. And the first time I said, this has been going on for like months, right? And she took the sandwich and thanked me. and I was able to talk to her for a little bit she so, you know, I think that's when we found out she was a soldier in Iraq and she had PTSD but there's also some demonic stuff in her from, from coming back with it. We never had the time to deliver her from it but she did have a chance to encounter Christ and see that Jesus will shut it down. Shut down the demonic. So there's there's powerful moments there. There's powerful times. Being able to give people prophetic words. I had one guy named, um, his name was Daryl years ago. He was a, a drug addict on the streets in San Francisco off market. And for some reason, you know, I just came out one night and I was, was fully the the word of knowledge is just flowing. It was like it was like a tap that I couldn't turn off that night. And I encountered Daryl, first time we met, and I gave him a word of knowledge. I go, hey, you're about to get a job. It's gonna get you off the streets, but you need to clean up your drug habit right now or you need to go clean because they're gonna ask for a blood test. You've gotta do it now. And he goes, What? Okay. And so I was talking to him. He's had a very serious look in his eyes. And he goes, he goes after he goes, How did you know I applied for a job? He goes, I go, what? He goes, no, I applied for a painting job today. And he goes, goes, how did you know? I said, I didn't. I go, God was talking to me, but they're going to want a blood test or something. Urine test, whatever the heck it is. It's going to test for drugs. Whatever you're doing, you got to go cold turkey right now and get it out of your system. So um, the next Friday, I go out there and he comes running after me. He goes, hey, 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 hey! wait for me. I need another word. I go, what? It took me a second to recognize. I'm Daryl? He goes, yeah, it's me. He goes, it was the, a painting company and they wanted the drug test, like you said. And he goes, But I was clean and I passed it. And I go, Man, this is awesome. And I said, I don't know right now. I can't remember the words I gave him, but I gave him more words. Um, and like this happened like two or three nights in a row, like consistent Friday nights when I was out doing Night Strike. And he cleaned up and he disappeared. I didn't see him for like, God, it was like two years. And so one night I was out in Night Strike and this guy in the suit walks up to me, he's black guy in a suit. He goes, Hey! Hey, Mike. Hey. I turn around. I didn't recognize the guy. And this guy's smiling at me like, come on. Come on. You know who I am. I go, oh, my God. Daryl, he had a haircut. He was clean. He was in a suit. He goes, yeah. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, I'm so glad to see you. I just want to thank you. I go, hey, it wasn't me, man. It was Jesus. It was Jesus that did this to you. So it's just, you know, it's it. This is what this is. Tales of Glory, right? Um, it is what it is. This was basic training 101. You want to operate in the supernatural, your church? Small group, um, when you minister to people, don't overwhelm them. I recommend no more than two people per one person. Don't have a crowd because the people won't open up intimately. If there's multiple homeless people, kind of um, distribute yourself amongst some of the homeless, but within reach, you know, in case something happens. Um, Always keep a man with a woman. Always let the women pray for the women. I was at a point where I was, you know, they kind of recognized me as a street pastor that you know, for years, I was allowed to lay hands on the women who, who let me because they knew who I was, right? They trusted me. But for the most part, let the men pray for men and let the women pray for women. And just, you know, guys, keep an eye on the women and don't let these guys, sometimes they'll try to touch women. Don't let them do it. You have to go and charge in and be the Samson and push them off, right? Be the sheepdog. But it is what it is. This is a powerful ministry. This is how you guys rock and roll. This is how you get started. Like I said, this is Tales of Glory. If you go to my m16ministries.blogspot.com website, I have a lot of stories, old stories, about Night Strike categorized there. Um, I'll put some stuff on my show notes. I'll also put some stuff in about, um, oh, yeah, so we were on um, the 700 Club one time. They came out and filmed us. It was crazy. So I'll put that video up too um, with that one there. It's kind of cool about how they came out and they walked with us and they did some stuff what was interesting about the 700 club they knew it was a spiritual warfare minister and it's about time um, i got a little bit of notoriety for my field guide to spiritual warfare book but once they saw what was going on they really didn't want to ask me about the spiritual warfare stuff which is typical of like some of these um, broadcasting and media places they want to keep it lukewarm but you know like i said tales of glory uh, this is my 101 and i do want to continue on with um, saint Teresa of Avila in my future episodes we're going to do First Mansions chapter two coming up here, but I didn't want to leave a big leeway in between the two um, shows. And so I think probably in between sandwiching stuff is Tales of Glory like this, stuff that's happened and stuff you guys want to comment about or ask about or how to start ministry or ask me questions. Like I said, it was a rough road. Mike was solo. It was Mike and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Father and Son, and just my wife, right? For a lot of stuff. So while I was doing Night Strike, I was also doing nighttime, doing um, deliverance ministry. And it just evolved. It evolved into, like I was actually doing, Sunday nights at my old home church, um, Miracles and Warfare Healing and Deliverance Ministry sessions. We did delivered um, the demonic, we healed the sick, and we saw all sorts of crazy healings. Uh, but again, there was something funky about it, that even though that was going on, the church didn't want to preach about the testimonies on, on Sundays, but I thought was odd because it's the testimony of the Lamb, right? Um, that we tell about this stuff, but there was I think there was some friction there too about um, the leadership who, who wanted the church to be healing under their jurisdiction, under their leadership, which was kind of sad. You know, they couldn't um, allow just the, uh, the, the congregation, the church body to flow in it. It had to be controlled. So you run into that too. So it's okay to start the ministry and move it outside, right? Move it outside the church and get people from your church, get people from other church like-minded people are just in to learn about healing and stuff and that's gonna be your posse they're gonna be around for a while and you're gonna develop deep relationships with these people too because man it's you're not gonna know where God takes you and it's gonna be phenomenal um, I can't give you straight-up advice because I don't know where the Holy Spirit's gonna take you but that's my advice for getting jump-started I hope you love tales of glory stories like these um, I'm gonna share more like I said this is letting you in a little bit more um, I haven't let you in how deep how some of these spiritual warfare things come because like I said um, Basic churches who think they understand deliverance and they have it down and they have a doctrine to it don't know how deep and dark it goes. And I know uh, some of you think the stories I'm going to tell you are going to be crazy coming up, but they'll freak out the average deliverance minister because that's not in the Bible. That doesn't happen. No, when you go up against darkness and the occult, there are no rules for them. There are no rules. Um, So it's an understanding of how the Holy Spirit raises you up and trains you. I've had some serious stuff. So it's stuff like that that's not in your... Um, deliverance books, I'd say Deliverance books are okay Those are milk That's your that's your baby bottle milk, your sippy cup um, How to root demons, that's it it's Your baby bottle sippy cup If you want to start eating prime rib, let the Holy Spirit Take you there and At his pace Some of this stuff becomes very dangerous against the occult You're going to have to learn how to re- wrestle the kitty cat Before you learn how to wrestle the lion and the bear right? That's what you guys got in Deliverance You're wrestling the kitty cat right now, the black cat Remember the black cat can light you up with this lightning, right? It still has magic, black magic. So let God train you, let him raise you up, and like I stated again, in my experience, schools of ministry, no matter how famous deliverance minister, will not prepare you what you'll engage in or how deep he'll take you if you guys are really on to this and you're following what he's doing. There is no book, there's no methodology, and like I'm trying to teach you guys with the St. Teresa of Avila, you have to develop a deep, intimate prayer life. Where you're constantly connected to God. It's not your deliverance minister. It's not your exorcist. It's not your healer. You're a deep lover of Jesus. You're a servant of Jesus. You're one who washes feet of people. Can you wash the feet of homeless people? We did that too. You know? If you're a hair, uh, hairstylist, can you go out and cut their hair? Things like that. It's stuff. Be the arms and feet of the church. Do the stuff. This is where you start supernatural ministry. On the streets. Right? Make it Go nuts. So I love you guys. I know this is um, a little bit different. This is our fireside chat. We'll just pull up a chair and talk with Mike, right? Open mic night. I just rattled off the heart and off the cuff. So this is Tales of Glory. This is copyright Michael J. Norton, 2020. God bless you guys. I love you. Now go out and be his hands and feet and give me reports about your homeless ministry. God bless you. I love you. Remember to visit us at, field guide to spiritual warfare at blogspot.com. And also help us keep the lights on the M16 bunker for more recording. And go ahead and hit the PayPal button on afieldguidespiritualwarfare.blogspot.com, which is also where our show notes are are kept and information on the show tonight. And you'll find our other podcast episodes blog site right there. And God bless you guys. Love you. And keep up the, uh, the great work. And just, yeah, make it hard for the enemy tonight. Make it so they can't sleep. Go out there and win souls. God bless you guys.